We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is episode number 1086 with social media sensation, Josh Richards. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Philosopher Albert Hubbard said, the greatest mistake you can make in life is to be continually fearing you will make one. And Michelle Obama said, the only limit to the height of your achievements is the reach of your dreams and your willingness to work for them. My guest today is Josh Richards with over 30 million followers. Josh is a social media sensation, entrepreneur, musician, writer, actor, and podcast host. He is the founder of Talent X, the largest TikTok management and production company, as well as the co-founder of the energy drink, Annie Energy. Josh is also an angel investor in dozens of companies and was called a mogul in the making by Newsweek. I'm excited to bring him on as he's one of the younger guests we've had on talking about his rise to success in his teens. And in this episode, we discuss how Josh became one of the top social media influencers today, how you can build mass audience no matter what industry you're in, how to know when it's time to go all in on that dream, how Josh is able to manage his content creation and multiple businesses at the same time at such a young age and how to overcome insecurities and put yourself out there. If you're inspired by this, make sure to share this with someone that you think would be inspired as well. And a quick reminder to click the subscribe button over on Apple Podcast for the School of Greatness, as well as leave us a rating and review and let us know what you enjoyed about this episode the most. Okay, in just a moment, the one and only Josh Richards. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got the young icon, Josh Richards, in the house. Good to see you, man. Hey, good to see you as well, man. Glad you're here. I've heard about your stuff a while. I've watched your content. You're a social media sensation. What do you have, 30 million followers now? Uh, Cross-platforms, probably around 30 million. 30 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've transitioned from being a young teen heartthrob into an entrepreneurial, successful leader now, investing in many different platforms, products, and uh, also working with Triller and a lot of different stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, of course. I definitely tried to expand the entrepreneurial portfolio, take that a lot more serious in 2021. When did you, most teenagers, I didn't know how to make money until I was like 27, right? I didn't <laughs> yeah. make any money. Yeah. How did you learn the idea of actually making money in entrepreneurship? I think it was when you were 13, but how did yeah. that concept actually come to you of like, I wanna make money, not just get an allowance from my parents, right. or like do a paper route in Canada, but were, no. your, were your parents teaching this stuff? Were you just learning it? I, I was always a kid that wanted to, when I bought something, I wanted it to be a bigger item. Like a lot of kids were always like, get the $10 going right to the store, buying a pack of cards, like spending all their money right away, right? If they have leftover, they'll buy gum, they'll buy whatever. Like I was always a kid that wouldn't spend any money. I was like, I'm putting it in a jar. I want to save up for <laughs> like a sports ticket event, or uh -huh. I want to save up for a PS4 or something. But it was always like, I was trying to make a lot of money for a certain project. And then as as that kind of developed, it became more of a passion, I think, of just like making money in general right. than it really became saving up for something. And then my jars, I would have like 
Buffalo Bills game, save up to go to a Bills game or save up to go to a Toronto Maple Leafs hockey game. And I would just end up never spending the money because I was like, I just want to make more and more and see that jar grow. And eventually like that turned into creating like passion, like hockey was turned into a berserk hockey apparel line where I was putting mm-hmm. slogans on shirts. And then my lacrosse, uh, like when I was playing lacrosse, I turned that into a company. It was dying mesh and putting in team designs and logos and finding wax formulas so it was waterproof and the pocket wouldn't change its formation. So I was just always hungry to grind and make some money. Did your parents not want to buy you tickets to the games? Or were they, <laughs> were they teaching you this? Or how was that? Um, I think that there was a part of it that was like, they wanted me to learn like how to make my own money to work a little bit and they were proud of me too for always like trying to find ways to make money but at the same time we weren't a family that was like able to just go to games left and right or like if I was going to a game my family was like that's a big deal we're getting nosebleeds and it's for my birthday (laughs) like like that's that's how it was with my family interesting so what's it been like now since that was what when you were 12 13 you were kind of developing this jar money mentality yeah yeah now, five, six years later, you're, I think, on Forbes a couple of years ago, one of the top five biggest earners on TikTok a couple of years ago, yeah. personalities. What is that like now, a few years later, being able to buy whatever you want, essentially, go to games, buy clothes, you know, buy cars? How does that feel? Right. I mean, the craziest thing is, is I've kind of kept the same mentality. Like, I'm still the kid that doesn't buy things. Right. So, like, <laughs> like, my car, like, people will say, like, I've said this before on podcasts, like, I don't spend money. And then people will see a picture of my car and it's like a Mercedes, this brand Mercedes, right? And they're like, well, that's a dumb investment. I didn't pay for my car. Like, my car was gifted to me, yeah. right? It's like everything I wear, like, everything I have on right now, these shoes I got made by just a shoe account on Instagram. They made them for me for free, right? This hoodie I got for free from a store because they, I went into the store and they're like, just pick out some things. Wow. Like, so my outfits are usually like 20 bucks and it's from my underwear. Like that's yeah, yeah. it, right? So I've always kept that mentality, but to know that I'm able to support like my family or to be like, my sister will be like, I really want these shoes. Like we're just randomly texting. Mm-hmm. And I think she's caught on that I start just like buying it for them, I, my brother as well. But they'll be like, oh, this skin in Fortnite. Like I've really been looking forward <laughs> to it. And then I'll be like, oh really? And I'll just start like buying little things for my family all the time. So that's been so cool to be that's able to cool. do that. Yeah. When did you learn really about not saving, but investing? Because you started to invest in startups. You started to yeah. you know, learn more about financial literacy over the last few years as a teen. Not many teens study this. They don't teach us this in school. No. So how did you learn? Did you have mentors that were teaching you this about investing? And Yeah, uh, I would say my, my biggest mentor would have been Michael Gruen. Like, he put me on the path of really using my social media to turn it into business and turn it into the entrepreneurial spirit. Not and just I, sponsorship deals, exactly. brand deals where it's a good pay, but then you have nothing else. Right, yeah. And I was always trying to like find more creative ways to make money. So I think Michael saw that and saw the drive and the passion that I had and was like, okay, we can create something cool together. So we kind of formed like this business partnership and we do pretty much everything we do together. And I started asking him like, what are ways I can utilize my money? Because at first, what we were doing is instead of doing the traditional brand deal, we were taking an equity. Where you that, take a fee and then you do a bunch of promotion and then they get all the rest of it. Right, right. So like when, yeah, the, the original brand deal, right, every creator does it. It's just paid to post. It's very easy. It's usually one-off deals. It's like 10K for a story. What we were trying to focus on is the equity behind it. So I also talked with Ashton Kutcher, another mentor of mine, and he said, I'd be a billionaire by now if I had taken equity in all my deals over cash. Mm. So... Now, when we start doing these brand deals, we either work in a little half and half, part cash, part equity, or if I really love the company and I'm super passionate about it, I want to do just all equity. And really? I go in and just, I'll do the posting for 
essentially free at the start, but the goal is three, four, five, six, seven years down the line, company goes public, right. either have stock or it gets purchased like the company does. What's been the best investment you've made so far? Where maybe it hasn't paid off yet, but you can mm -hmm. see the potential for it really paying off long term. I think that Lend Table is a huge one. It's, Lend Table? Yeah, it's a it's a 401k matchup. So that that's a huge startup that I'm really uh, really invested in. And then as well, I think that there's one for actually Breaker's a massive one. It's it connects independent artists to musicians, and mm. it's actually more of the, an arbitrage play for TikTokers. It allows content creators to have a steady stream of revenue, which is really hard when you're first starting off on right. TikTok or just social media in general. It's kind of like the the rich get richer mentality. It's like the big creators keep getting bigger There's and like bigger. There's like 20 right? people that are the yeah, top. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you get a little new rotation every three years, but it's like it's kind of the same top dog. So there's been these creators that are making like thousand dollars a week or or four or five thousand dollars a month and they have only five hundred thousand followers so they're creating a steady re uh, revenue stream off this app by using independent artist music mm. and independent artists paying them so it's called breakers breaker 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 yeah so that's a great one and then as well versus game is another great company for <clears throat> the influencer I'm, i mean myself personally i've done like Probably four or five games on the the app, and as a just a creator, I've made tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand dollars, just off using the app a couple of times. Probably taking an hour of my time, right. but it's it's just another great monetization tool for a creator. Yeah. yeah. Wow, man. And what about something like Triller? Did you get equity in that as well? How's yeah, that work? So I came in there as chief strategy officer. Um, we put in an investment and then as well, like got equity. Um, so go in and I focus a lot on the monetization side. Uh, they were very creator forward thinking mm -hmm. a company. They were always asking us about how we felt comfortable and it kind of lined up with my journey and I guess you could say story. Uh, when I first moved to LA, co-founded Talent X management company signed like 110 of the top TikTokers. Wow. I wanted to do that because I'd just gone on a tour that summer, made the tour probably a million dollars grossed, and like I got paid. A tour or like a... It's, it was a meet and greet tour. Just simply... That's it? That's just it. like, did you sign Come, anything? Yeah, signing posters or okay. merch. Like they buy merch take and then... Photos yeah, and... take photos. But very just meet and greet, almost like a book or podcast tour, But with right? no book to sell. Did, no did book. you sell anything? We sold merch. It would be okay. like a hoodie with gotcha. my name, Richards, on it gotcha. or something. Like very simple back then. And then... When was this? A couple years ago? 2019 summer. So you did a million dollars in sales from the merch or the tickets or whatever. Yeah, the whole tour. It was like me and probably five other influencers, six, wow. seven other main influencers. So what would you guys just do like sell out malls or something and just have mad rush of twelve year olds? <laughs> it was like we would uh, do these small, either like bars that had like a little stage, right? Uh -huh. Or we would do like Marriotts. We did a lot of those, like uh -huh. so hotels, like the conference rooms, and you're selling like a thousand to two thousand tickets, and it's usually. The big, like our audience then was younger. It was probably like 12 to 16, or 16. Something. Like you get like some 18 year olds in there, yeah. right? The weirdos. But it's like, the weirdos are over 18. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes a little strange, but <laughs> no, we, uh, we went on that tour and I got paid $750 like cash. Like that was it. Like you got paid tour, $750. Yeah. Not like 750,000, 750. Like to do the tour. Yeah. Whole tour. Why? We sold tickets. Like it did amazing. Like I told you the tour, it was just the. The Social media space is so shady at the start. Like it was the most like underprotected industry I've ever seen. No creators were being taken seriously. Mm. These like fake managers that say they know right. people or maybe they were like 
a distant relative of someone, sure. whatever. And, and, and they would like use that to try to sign these young kids that uh, don't know anything. So like I was 15, not knowing anything in social media, thought thinking I needed a manager to succeed and got into a two year contract that was like, I, I felt like I was stuck in because I didn't know anything in the industry. So you did the tour and you actually didn't make any money. No money. The tour ripped us all off. Wow. Like completely. Even the, the thing merch it did sales? Do, yeah, what? merch sales, everything. So like, at the end of the day, they sold all the merch, they did all the tickets, but they said what? All our expenses were this? And yeah, this they tried expense. to pull the whole like expenses or wow. they tried to pull like, oh, you didn't actually do as many tickets as you think. And then it's like, we would sell these tickets called like date night and it was $100 tickets per girl had to spend $100 just for this bonus piece, right? Where they would go on this dinner with us and we would just have like a hour dinner eating food at a restaurant, right? And we would be sitting at these tables, one person would have like 30 girls. So that's like right there. Right, three grand right there. Yeah, yeah. you're already talking three grand. So it's like if we do eight to 16 shows and we have that at every, like that alone, we already know we're making more, right? So there's just a few shady things. Talked to, met Michael Gruen started Talent X. Gotcha. That was like the whole journey kind of behind that was protecting the creators. So that's wow. why Trailer Fit so well too. That's interesting, man. Yeah. What do you think, uh, you seem like a very confident guy as a 19 year old. When I was 19, I had a lot of false confidence. I was very, right. I was very talented as an athlete. You know, I was a star there or whatever, but it was like a, I also didn't believe in myself in other ways. Mm-hmm. Is there a part of your life where you feel you lack confidence? You've got 30 million plus followers, every woman, under 12 wants you, there's a crush on you, you're making money now, you're out in LA, you're yeah. doing your thing. Is there a part of your life where you lack confidence? Um, I would say, I think that there's still a part of, I don't know if it's so much of a lack of confidence or like in the business world, I know that I don't know things, right? right? Like yeah. I know I'm still new to it. So I'm not gonna come in and act like the guy on an investment meeting or a founder's call that's like raised seven different companies mm-hmm. and exited four and like right i'm not going to be that guy right. that the that like says i know it all but i i think that's what's actually like a strength is knowing what i don't know mm-hmm. like coming into the the meetings and like knowing i'm i'm also having a learning hat as the same time as like the the investor hat yeah yeah what would you say is your biggest fear right now as a 19 year old thriving um star i would say my biggest fear is Probably that I don't work hard, like I don't succeed. Like mm. failing would be my biggest fear. If I, if I came out here and did all this, like if I didn't work hard enough or if I literally just slacked one day and that caught, like that's my biggest fear. Like I would need to succeed. What does success look like? To me, success looks like I'm wealthy enough to be able to buy my parents a home. I'm able to support my entire family if I need to. I'm able to live like a a life with a wife, my kids, support them, give them what they need, like put them through sports, put them through school. Really, I just wanna be comfortable. Like that's that's the biggest thing. And like I have aspirations, of course, to be like the richest social media creator ever to do social media, right? Like I would love to be the first social media billionaire and like I'm striving to do that. But at the end of the day, like what I want more than anything is the, the peace knowing I was just, successful entrepreneur i sold a company i exited one and then was able to support the people i love yeah why is that uh desire to be the first social media billionaire what where does that come from 
I just like being the first. I'm competitive. <laughs> I, I was an athlete as a kid. Yeah, like, yeah. I played sports. So it's like getting, breaking records or anything sure. like that is like, I need to do it. Right. So, I mean, like, I remember, like, going through just even, like, my, my middle school uh, track and field and cross country record book. Like, we had, like, one in the hallway or whatever. It was, like, behind mm-hmm. this glass thing. And I asked them to take it out so I could see all the records. And I went to the track. And all I would do is just, like, time myself, make sure I could be every single record in the middle school for, for track and field. And I was, like, able to do some, but that's just how my mindset always mm. is. It's, like, try to be or be the best. What was your best sport? Or what is your best sport? I would say my best sport was probably actually cross country. Like, running, I was just a really good long-distance long runner. So what was, I was your, always, what was your best 5K? Uh, what actually I would do more like I was doing like 1500 meters. Okay. Gotcha. So we were doing like, I guess that's not like super long distance. Sure, sure, that's sure. more like, but cross country when we're doing like two or three kilometers uh-huh. and, and everything like that. But I would say. What was your 1500? I ran. 1500? Do you remember? It's, I, I might say a number that's going to just make me sound like an idiot, but I think I was in eighth grade running like a four minute. If I'm not wrong, four 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 twenty. Four twenty. That's that's fast. Yeah, like yeah, fast. Like it was. Fast. I was. I was pretty quick. That's like, fast. I think it was four twenty because I remember racing in like third grade, and we weren't even supposed to do cross country or track. And then they brought me up just with the eighth graders when I was in third grade, and I was winning events. Like I won the eight hundred and came second in fifty, or I won the fifteen hundred and came second in eight hundred. Wow. Third grade going up against eighth graders type thing. So that was like my my mentality. But hockey and lacrosse were the sports for sure too. Did you stop uh, track in high school? Yeah, because of social media. Really? Yeah. Did you stop all sports? Slowly, like track. The thing was is like <laughs> track was probably like the sport I was just naturally the most skilled at like that and swimming actually Mm -hmm. but I just didn't enjoy them like I like the team sports a little bit more like so hockey and lacrosse were like the last to go like I I held on to those sports as long as I could just because like I care so much about them so what happened what was what was the turning point social media just was picking up or you were seeing some brand deals come in you're like oh I can make money I can fill up my my jars more (laughs) yeah I can go to a lot more (laughs) Buffalo Bills games um no it was like I started to notice how much money I was able to create off of social media and I was I was like making more money than my parents, right? Mm. So at this point, I knew that I was either gonna have to go 100% in because I was on an app that was like, musically at the time wasn't very trending. Like right. it was like still- So you started on bought. Musical.ly. Yeah, I started before TikTok. Like people often think like my blow up was like this, but it's that like I put in four years of work and on then, yeah, and then it well, two years of, three years of the work would have been on Musically. TikTok purchased Byte, mm-hmm. like or ByteDance came in and purchased Musically, grinded for another year, and then that summer 2019, that tour is what absolutely just really? shot me up. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, man. I'm curious. Uh, so, what was the what was the moment where you're like, okay, this is my last game, my last practice, because I just made ten grand on a post, and now I'm gonna go yeah. in here? Or it was summer. Um, I remember all I was doing at this summer was pretty much like playing lacrosse and going live every single night. And, and on TikTok, uh, yeah. So I would I would go and play lacrosse, right, and then I would come home <laughs> after my lacrosse games and instantly just go live on TikTok. Like that's. All I was doing, I would do streams from 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. every Shut night. Shut up. So I was streaming for four hours straight. What would you do on these? I would just think of different games. Ra- like, games. I was like, I, that is how I got made pretty much was by my live stream audience. I built such a 
engaged audience because they always came on the live. I was like memorizing people's names. Wow. I got like that really like personal connection with them. And then that's kind of what gave me the audience to boost up. But that started escalating into like, or I guess that grew into starting making like $400 a night. And then all of a sudden- From just live. Just live streams alone. And then all of a sudden I, I had one live stream. I remember I was with my friends and we went live for 30 minutes and I got donated two grand on this live like stream. Like one person or all, all the It was people? like a few Everyone. different people, but there was probably like five big donations, right? Wow. And, and you were like, you I'm what, sitting there like, at, the at this point, I think I'm like 16. I think I'm like pretty young. You made young. two grand in 30 minutes? Yeah, yeah. You're, in 30 you're rich. Minutes. Yeah, exactly. In my head, I'm you're like, holy sh**. All my friends, <laughs> I'm with my friends, like we're at a, I'm at a sleepover at their house, my two boys. And they're like freaking out. They're like, how the f- is Josh making $2,000 in 30 minutes? So like, obviously we had to order like a hundred wings after that and like muck out. But it was, that point started kind of like, I slowly had to stop playing like on two different hockey teams. And so then it gets cut down, right? And then like, instead of playing on the spring lacrosse, summer lacrosse and indoor lacrosse team, it's like, oh, well now I got to lose the summer lacrosse and I only can play in the winter. And it's like, it just like slowly started cutting out like that. Little by little. Yeah. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host experience the joy of running in the new triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand stacked with luxury foam cushioning triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return shop triumph 22 at Saucony.com. that's s-a-u-c-o-n-y.com Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? The real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. That's fascinating, man. Are you still doing lives every night? Um, I'm doing lives still, but not as much as I used to. Like, you're you not able to make as much money anymore with that, or is how? It's still crazy. Like, it's definitely still pretty lucrative. Like, I'll go live for 15 minutes and make a thousand dollars. So it's like crazy. pretty much the same exact thing. But I feel like I just like to put my time into different content now than mm-hmm. live streams. Like, if that's doing the podcast now, or, or if I'm creating YouTube videos or yeah. any other form of content. So it's 30 million across platforms. For the uh, the over 25 crowd who's listening right now, which I have a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of small business owners who are listening and watch the content here, and their biggest challenge is building audience, right. building platform. Yep. Something I heard you talk about uh, before on another podcast of yours is about uh, thinking of your followers as friends and not as fans or followers. How does someone who's in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s start thinking of creating content to attract 
a friend base, a following base, a larger audience, when they have something smaller, niche-related, and, and maybe they're not a 19-year-old heartthrob. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. I think the thing that people miss about like niche audiences is that they think, I can never grow to be 20 million followers. And it's like, yeah, you're probably right. You're going after a niche type audience. Mm -hmm. But the benefit of that is massive in the fact where you will have such strategic marketing for certain companies that those brands are gonna pay you more than they pay me and I have Mm -hmm. a larger following than you. So like, for example, let's say you're you're a cook or you really love uh, food and you create a TikTok account where you're posting like yourself cooking these recipes or what, whatever you, you love with the food products. Like if a company like, I don't know, a Dijon mustard company, like they wanna go and get their product out on TikTok, they mm-hmm. wanna do some marketing, like what's that mustard cup, French's or something like that, sure. right? Yeah, it's like, why would they come to me and make me do a YouTube promo? And it's like, yeah, I might get four times the views you get possible but you're going to be such a more like such a strategic person to go to if you mm-hmm. get 250,000 people watching your videos that all love to cook and are buying cooking sure. products and you so the thing that people miss I think is that like you need to have this massive following but I know people with a million followers that make more money on brand deals than I do on brand deals really course like it's it's that like they're specific they're like in the beauty space exactly so specific space. exactly like I'm more broad right like mm-hmm. it's like people just kind of put me as an influencer, an entertainer, or like mm-hmm. TikToker, like there's no. You're not talking about one subject. Exactly. You're not talking about sports or food or beauty yeah. or I'm, I'm fashion. All around. And like, I'm definitely trying to get more niche. And that's the other thing that I've started to focus on. Like people that have niche audiences should be happy that they have a niche audience. Like you can sell way more. Yeah. I'm trying to develop that more. I'm trying to move more into really? the sports world. Just because like the Barstool podcast, like I said, like that's my passion growing up with sports. Like, so I just want to keep developing that. Has and Gary gotten you into a card investing? Yep, yet? I was just about to say, yeah, he, he's definitely been on me. He, yeah. he wants me to get very involved in like the card world, yeah. sports, and so I've been like looking into it. the hockey side of things, probably. I feel like hockey's not getting as much no. love as basketball and football not and at Pokemon all. right now. Yeah, Gret- a Gretzky card went for like 1.2 million. I know, It's crazy. So you haven't done any content around it yet? No content. I bought a few cards, yeah, but yeah. I got a Shaq rookie card and a Kevin Durant one, and I believe... I'm looking at a Kobe Bryant one and then a LeBron James one right now. Yeah, he got me into it about a year ago. He was telling me about it two years ago. And Jeez. So after a year of him telling me about right, it, you finally got when into I was it. like, man, this thing went like 20x, I finally jumped in a year ago and I started investing. I wouldn't say pretty heavily, but I, I spent a yeah. good amount investing in it. And it's probably, I don't know, four or five x, at least kind of my whole collection. That's sick. A few cards have really exploded, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's just fun to be a part of. But I could yeah. see you getting into sports more and mm-hmm. making that as one part of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like a nostalgia thing yeah. as well, right? I mean, nostalgia for you is like four years ago. Yeah. These guys are like 30 years ago. <laughs> You're like, for me it's hey, like, four years ago I was at the card shop, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> true. That's funny, man. Um, I'm curious about, do you think anyone could build a mass following, or if you're focused on a niche, it's gonna be really hard to grow wide? Because you're ready to grow wide. Do you think anyone can get a million followers, or is it? I think that TikTok allows anyone to be able to get a million followers. Yeah. Or, or you know, how social media platforms are moving forward with the short form mm-hmm. content and the focusing so much on like user-generated content just going viral, right? Mm-hmm. TikTok's whole For You page, it allows 
the common person. Anyone. To, yeah, I've seen videos of someone in jail go viral on TikTok. It's like, how Crazy. do they have a phone in their right. jail cell, post it, they get more likes than me on that video. It's like, what? Anyone can post on TikTok and go viral. Yeah. Anybody can build a following. You just gotta find people that go at it to become famous probably aren't gonna succeed. Like if you're going at TikTok and you want money, like it's it just doesn't work. Like you need to have a passion for it or you need to have this general want to create because what does happen sometimes is you see these kids that blow up in two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, why can't I be them? Why can't I be them? And they blow off maybe just off looks or whatever, one trendy video, but they also fall quicker than anyone. Like They become irrelevant quick. It's like that. It's like they, they fall quicker than they even grew. Like you see them on your For You page for two, three weeks and you're like, oh, this person's like blowing up right now. And then all of a sudden, three weeks later, you see another video of them and you're like, wait a sec, I haven't seen a video from this guy in three weeks. Mm. Who I forgot about him. And it's like, just like that. So it's like, it's a long process. I feel like you really do have to work on it. You need a natural passion for it. You can't just, your goal can't just be like, I want to make money or I want to be famous. Yeah. Like you need a little bit more than that. It's interesting. I was listening to Mr. Beast uh, last night on Clubhouse, actually. He was doing a room and he said, I just was so excited about the obsession of YouTube. I didn't care about making money. Exactly. I, was just, I just wanted to make the coolest video possible yeah. that would be fun for people mm-hmm. and just obsessed over the process. And after years, it finally started to work. And now he's able to monetize it, obviously, in a big way. But he was just loved the process. And it's not like for you going live every night, you just loved going live and like, yeah. hey, we're playing games, we're having fun. Exactly. And like, I was a very analytical guy. My dad's mm-hmm. a calculus teacher at a high school. So he actually was the teacher at my high school. But I was always trying to find ways to like growth hack on yeah. TikTok. And I was all like, I had my sister hired on a 15% commission based <laughs> salary. Like she was going in and going direct to the consumer. We had, there was like a live leaderboard back on Musical.ly back when I was doing these four hour live streams. And they actually had a like one to 250 of the top contributors on the app. So the people that spent the most money, really? bought the most gifts and donated the most. Were so, you on there, I'm assuming, at the top? Well, that's not like who received the most, it's who the fans that actually paid the most, right? So like who actually went into streams and you spent the most you money. You were the top. So I, what I wanted, I, I wasn't on the top because I didn't spend money. Like I didn't you were, spend You money. wanted to find the top 200. I wanted to find the top 250. Say, so, hey. Exactly, so wow, what I did was smart. I would be live and then for my four hours while I'm live, at the start of my live, I would have my sister in the room beside me. Exactly. She was logged into my account. <laughs> she would go through and follow and unfollow all these people and like like 10 of their videos. So then there's 11 notifications from this Josh Richards guy you've never seen before. A lot of these fans that send money, they're not famous. They have like 30, 40, 200 followers, right? So they notice when someone follows them. So even if I get 5% of the 250 people every night that come over into my live wow. and they spend money, they were spending... The top 250 people, the bottom person on two, is probably spending like 200 bucks a live stream, right? So Crazy. Exactly. So I'm acquiring these customers with no followers. Probably 40,000 to 90,000 followers. You on only that. had 40,000 yourself. It. That's it. Wow. And so that's another thing. They felt way more connected to me because I was able to talk and remember names. And I followed them so they would join my live and have a red like border around their names because or Musical.ly just let you know who you followed. So I knew who to pay more attention to. Sure. So I was always just like very strategic behind it, but my passion was with the numbers and the growth hacking. So it's like, you just need something a little more to get, I think, famous than just, I want to be famous because it looks fun and cool. Right. What was the most you made in one live? 
Um, one time I did, <laughs> I did like a 12 hour live stream day like probably more, it was probably 16 hours of just live stream straight. And I think that day, I pro this was when I was smaller too, like this is when I had maybe 120K followers on the app and I probably made 12 grand in that day. 12 grand? Yeah, I, and like I was 16 at That's that time, crazy. like 15, yeah, I was younger. So that was cool, that was awesome. I love doing the leaderboard <laughs> stuff, like so cool because I was a small creator getting like number one likes on the app yeah. like because i would just stream so long mm -hmm. but it was it was a grind to get to where oh, sure yeah man. It didn't happen overnight it was just no. like showing up every day yeah what about the why did you guys uh decide to launch an energy drink what was the reason behind this in a sea of millions of energy drinks yeah, yeah. um so why create it how did the process work how many partners do you have we ran into this situation where Sway wasn't very brandable, right? Like Sway is a house, for those who don't know, Sway is a content house where there's what, five or six of you guys there? Yeah, it's like six, seven, eight. It's weird because people all kind of rotate out. Influencers but. and you're creating content together, you live there. Yeah, it's a content house. Yeah. So it's a house of creators that all live together and the main goal is just create as much content as you can together and boost and each other's grow. platforms. Everyone exactly. Grow. Everyone yeah. grows. So within that house, we weren't the most brand safe group. We were, we were a little <laughs> bit controversial. <laughs> you were? Yeah, a lot of it. R-rated? Yeah, yeah. Got it. So at, at the beginning, I would say at least. And then uh, what happened is we weren't getting that those brand deals. There were other houses getting all the, the brand money. So we were only making money off our AdSense, our TikTok lives, and our merch. So we were like, how do we create another form of revenue or what do we do? So we weren't getting a lot of brand deals. Exactly. Because we weren't kid friendly. Exactly. Gotcha. So we wanted to own every single thing we touched. Bryce and I, a big part of our content is YouTube. And we would shotgun Red Bulls before in our videos just to like establish yeah. we were high energy, kind of say like, if you want high energy like the, us, right? And it started this trend on TikTok where people were shotgunning Red Bulls. Terrible trend to start. <laughs> like so bad for your heart so don't do it but um we we started this trend people were tagging us it was getting millions of views and likes a bunch of videos were going viral on tiktok about it so bryce and i are sitting there giving all this free promotion to red bull right just marketing mark like we they haven't they haven't paid us they just get millions of views from us we were like we need our own energy drink we don't want to sell out and do a brand deal we want to like own it as a long-term project so started talking with michael we got introduced to evan burns who does long drink with miles teller he mm. was already obviously experienced in the drink space so teamed up with him and got any in probably it was like a seven month back end process before we had the drink ready and then did d2c Wow. Yeah. So it's not in stores, it's just online, direct to consumer. Distribution is coming very, very yeah, soon. That's great. So, and how's yeah. it how long has it been out now? It's been out we released, I believe, in August. So like five months, four four or five months. Yeah. Yeah. And how's that been working? Are you guys seeing the sales you'd love to see? Is it taking time to ramp up? What's been it that was, process? So like right when we released it, huge spike obviously, because Bryce and I are very good at doing the marketing yeah. social media guys like we know how to create viral videos we know how to make sure that there's millions and millions of uh -huh. views on this pro this site right like any energy and then what we had to learn was how to continuously naturally implement any energy into mm -hmm. our videos so you kind of saw this big spike and then it obviously went down a little bit and then it kind of just had this maintaining 
upwards mm -hmm. graph. So it's been, it's actually been super successful within the last like four months of Bryce and I just grinding on it. What's the biggest challenge you see the, a product or a company like that continuing to sustain? You know, when I see stuff like Bang Energy, yep. and whatever, Red Bull or any brand, it's like they have now thousands of influencers constantly posting them. They've got ad spend. How do you guys compete with stuff like that with all the other energy drink? You know, The Rock's got an energy drink coming out. It's like, right. how do you compete and stay competitive? So I think one thing that Bryce and I did that was very strategic is the branding of the drink. It's mm -hmm. not branded so much as this hard energy drink that's going to give you 300 milligrams of caffeine and you're gonna be jittering and shaking out of your chair, right? Yeah. Like it's more of a lifestyle drink and that's how it's, it's it looks like it. it is a lifestyle drink. It, when you drink it, you feel like it's only 75 milligrams of caffeine, right? You don't get that insane bang mm, energy yeah. boost where like <laughs> you feel like you're about to have a heart attack. Sure. So that's the thing about our drink is, is the marketing. When you look at the can, it's a little bit more on the feminine side, but mm. Bryce and I and our videos are very bro-y. And that's because we know we want to sell to both demographics. Our yeah. fans are more on the female demographic, so mm -hmm. we have the can look a certain way. But at the same time, when Bryce and I are doing the marketing, we give it that more bro-y feel. Sure. So it can be like the next White Claw, but instead mm -hmm. of in alcohol, it's in the, the in energy space. drink space, yeah. right? White Claws, at the start, were only accepted by women. Guys made fun of it. Or guys were like, oh, that's, that's a girl's drink, that's a girl. And now every guy at every frat is drinking White Claws really? at the frat parties. Like... It's just that kind of like strategic marketing that I think will keep us above. That's cool. Uh, how do you stay excited about something like that when you have a million opportunities come your way, uh, podcasts, projects, yeah. YouTube, all these things you're working on, you've got all these ideas, investments. How do you sustain passion and focus for each brand like Annie Energy? Yeah, of course. I think a big thing is Michael and I actually talk about just what are my passions a lot mm. like we definitely are trying to stay focused on not doing too much because there's there's just a point where you overstretch right yeah. like you, you overwork yourself but um or you're in too you're in too many pots at the same time right so it's got to be something that i care heavily about any energy for example was my first ever uh i would say founding company that it's a product you I launched. Took. Yeah, it was like yeah. a product I launched. I took a lot more of an initiative in it. Um with the Talent X side there was I was more of a recruiter. I was like a special advisor to someone. So this co-founding it and like doing more it was just awesome. It was a yeah. great feeling. And it's like I, I know I'll always be connected to that. But when we do different products, like Dog for Dog, for example, that's a company with Snoop Dogg where a bag of dog food gets donated to a shelter every time one's mm -hmm. purchased, right? And I know I'm going to be passionate about that because I'm a, I'm a dog guy. Like, my family had one at home. I always have loved dogs. I got one as soon as I came to LA. My house is full of six dogs because everyone decided to get one after <laughs> me. It was awesome. It was right. so awesome. But So there's like seven dogs running around my house all the time. That's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, like, that's something that I'm very passionate about. And then continuing that trend, like, on Hyde with Ellen. Like, I purchased part of her company, and, and that's a faux fur. So trying to mm. stop the, the shearing of animals, a lot of people think, like, oh, they're just shearing the sheep. It doesn't kill them. It doesn't hurt them. What they don't know is the amount of infections that get caused by shearing and, mm. and the deaths. Like, they end up dying from the infections, actually, a lot mm. of the times after in the conditions they're kept in while they're doing the shearing. It's it's kind of pretty scary. Like, you don't feel great when, after watching those, like, the clothes you yeah. have on so or, or the blankets you're buying or the fur you're buying. So, 
Yeah, it's it's definitely it's like finding those passions and, and executing on them. That's cool, man. Michael's been pretty strategic with you, it sounds like. Yeah, for sure. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great I guy. I met him many years ago. He's been been helpful with a lot of things, so. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. I'm curious about uh, the mental health side of social media because I see a lot of young creators who are gain a lot of uh, audience, they mm-hmm. get pretty well known, and then I see their numbers drop at some point. Or maybe followers, yeah. like they start getting, it's not growing as fast, the yep. follower count, it's like even dips for a while. Yep. I see this a lot, or they were getting 20 million views a video, now it's one million views, where mm-hmm. it's still a lot of views and a lot yeah. of followers and a lot of attention. But how are you personally managing that as numbers fluctuate? Uh, and it seems like at cer- certain points, it's like this rapid growth and kind of a peak and it's harder to grow. I'm not mm. sure if you've reached that yet, but how are you handling this? And also with friends who are in this space, what are you seeing the biggest challenge they're faced with? And how do you think you're going to be able to handle it moving forward? Yeah, I think that the thing that happens to creators is they start to see a dip in their followers. So they start to see it slows down and then they get really scared, right? So they start either trying to do things that are like too crazy or just like are going to get them in trouble because they're just trying to get views, right? They're trying to maintain their views. And like, that's not a great way to go. Or they just give up. They're like, Mm. oh, I'm irrelevant now. Like I can't do anything. So they get really negative and you'll start to see them post less and you start to see them like think they're too big for or like they'll be like they'll start using the shadow band excuses like uh, yeah. i'm shadow band the, right? algorithm like, me, yeah. the algorithm doesn't like me tiktok doesn't like it's like bro they don't know who you are <laughs> <laughs> they don't not like yeah, you yeah, like yeah. tiktok isn't like blocked like maybe on occasion there's like people like donald trump that gets kicked off social wow. media right but like you random social media creator like and you just stop posting so your likes went down they're not blocking you right it's just people get so just like they're not encouraged to keep going and it makes sense, but you just got to push through. Like, I mean, look at like these big names in social media, like Logan Paul and Jake Paul. There's a reason they're still big names in social media because they just never gave up. Mm -hmm. Like there were so many times when everyone thought they were done or they were irrelevant or they were off like social media. They should have been can't, right? They didn't give up. They just kept reinventing. Yeah, they just reinvented themselves or they're they're finding new ways to stay in, in the press. They're, and like, obviously it's working so like you can maintain relevancy as long as you just don't get scared when you see a drop a little bit you just can't get you can't get afraid of it what have you done when you've seen dips or video views or yeah I, I mean I think what I try to do is just continue to give people something to be excited about like I'm always thinking of like the next big thing right mm-hmm. so if that's when we did sway it's like all right, Sway starts, and then all of a sudden, Bryce and Josh are both starting YouTube, which is like the first TikTokers to go to YouTube. And then mm. it's now they they're the first TikTokers to drop a product. It's like now we're doing any energy, and then it's now we're we're angel investing in Sway, and now I'm at Barstool, and now like you know what I mean? Mm. It's just big thing, big announcement, big. So we're always trying to do these like crazy partnerships, or these create these what the f- moments right. so that people stay interested. That's, that's good, man. Yeah. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com, designed for work. It's one thing falling in love with a house. 
picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. What, um, where do you see yourself in, by 25? I think that I'll take a bigger step into, for the entertainment side, I think you'll see a lot more of, I would say like bar stool type content yeah. or, or getting more involved in the sports world. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just started a radio show with Craig Carton um, where I'm going on every Friday and we just talk 15, 20 minutes about sports, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think you'll see that on the entertainment side and then on the, on the business side, definitely stepping more and more into angel. I love mm-hmm. angel investing. And then as well, Probably being a GP at a fund, and then I would say hopefully either scaling Annie into something huge or have exited because that will be six yeah. years down the road. So that would yeah. be like seven years of doing Annie. So hopefully, yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. What's uh, what got you into Barstool and the partnership with Dave and yeah, there? It was actually I didn't know who he was until about a year ago. Okay, and I've been loving everything about the he's way so he's funny. been. Yeah. Well, first off, he's just, I love Hilarious. the pizza the pizza reviews. I'm just like, okay, this is entertaining. But yeah. then to see what he's doing with small businesses, 100%. I'm just like, dude, mad props to him for uh-huh. stepping up in that way and, yeah. and really serving people. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I was blessed enough to where, actually with one of the investments we made, Pear Pop, they came in with us and helped out the Barstool Fund. And we were able to do, just off Twitter and Pear Pop, we were able to do Two hundred thousand dollars in forty-eight hours wow, for cool. for the 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 fund at Barcel, which was amazing. But the Dave thing all came from actually drama that happened in social media. It was like the biggest social media TikTok drama that really? has ever occurred. Like, what was it? It was beef with the Hype House and Sway House, and essentially my girlfriend and a guy over there. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, who's, who's at Hype House? Who, who's there? Who are the big people at Hype House? Um, well, the, at the time, like, Charlie and Dixie were involved with Hype House. Oh, like, gotcha. they, they pretty much, like, gave Hype House the name, the I would name. say. Wow, like, and Addison was there for a little bit. Um, this was a house in L.A. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, there's Avani, Chase, mm-hmm. Thomas, Alex, Warren. There's a bunch of them. But it's same as Sway. Like, there's a big group. Sure. Um, so there was, some, there was some beef was some between beef. houses. Yeah, there's some beef going on. <laughs> and uh, it decided to just break the internet. Like, you couldn't go on TikTok without a video being made about it. My, like, we would go live on Instagram, and if any of us involved in the, like, beef went live on Instagram, it would get 100,000 v- viewers on Instagram. Live. Crazy, man. Like, it, trending on Twitter, number one, for, like, two days. It was everywhere you went. Like, YouTube videos are trending about it. It's just, you couldn't stop. TMZ, it's, like, Hollywood Fix, paparazzi, everyone. Wow. So... Dave tweets out and is like, why the fuck am I seeing wiggle dickers all over my feed? (laughs) So me and Michael are at a dinner and someone that's at the dinner with us was like, yo, Dave just tweeted about you guys and and the situation going on. And Michael's like, holy fuck, we need to get, we need to get like in contact with Dave. So he starts going through his Rolodex and like Who knows finding, Dave? Who yeah, knows who knows Dave? Who knows Dave? And eventually after like 30 minutes we find someone that knows Dave. We get in contact with him. And 
we talk about doing an Instagram live. So me and Dave go live together. I go live and then guest them and we start talking about the beef. And there's like whatever, 50,000 people on the live stream watching. And it's just kind of like us going back and forth. We're like shooting shit. We're roasting people, whatever. It's all in fun and games. And then Snapchat hits us up and is like, yo, we saw the live stream with Dave and Josh. We want to create a show with them. Would On Snapchat. Yeah. Would they be interested? So we get a 30-minute scheduled like time slot with Dave to go and pitch this idea to him. We're one minute in. We're like, they want to do a show with us on Snapchat. What do you think? No. He's like, no. I'm not doing anything with Snapchat. Like one minute into the call, we got 29 minutes left, and he's already shut down the like, idea. No, I don't like it. He's like, no, I don't like it. We're not doing it. And so <laughs> we're all sitting there on the call with like 29 minutes left trying to figure out what to do. Like what are we like what are we going to say the rest of the call? Like, do we keep going? Do we just say, like, peace, all right? Like, so Michael starts, like, spitballing and then just kind of throws up the idea. He's like, let's do a podcast. Like, why don't you and Josh do a podcast? And Dave's like, yeah, I'm not opposed to that. So then we just started talking more and more and, like, probably was three or four months of negotiations and then we got the podcast and it's been, like, super successful ever since. That's great, man. How does that partnership work? Do you have equity and barstool? Is you just you guys no, split? You have no, split it's like, things? Yeah, yeah. It's it's more of a split thing on the actual the podcast itself. Yeah. yeah. But it's uh, And you're promoting on your side, he's promoting on his side, and you guys yep. are just doing a split somehow. Yeah, and it's like great because the demographics, right? Yeah. For Dave, he's reaching into a whole new demo that he hasn't reached into, that younger audience, like mm-hmm. as Barstool fans get older and older. And then for me, it gives me that older audience that I'm looking for and more of the male demographic that I'm right. lacking on. Because you got so, 90% girls. 12-year-old girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but the podcast, it's like, I think we have more guys subscribed to the podcast than girls. It's like a 54% guys and then 40-something percent girls. And then like slowly but surely you start to see also like my other socials like go up. Like my YouTube mm-hmm. now is like, I think past, like around 30% male audience. Oh, and then it's like, you see my Instagram go up and my TikTok. So like that's that's, great, that's the yeah, that's Yeah, cool. I've been pretty consistent 50-50 male to female audience right. for a long time and I think cuz I'm interviewing a lot of men and women and it's just split audiences I guess. That's but, wicked though. Like when you have that you know, split, it's awesome. Where my girlfriend's more like 80% guys that follow her, you know, it's like 13 million guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, but yeah. uh and she's trying to build a female audience as well. She's building other accounts for just like all female content. Right. Okay, so, cool. So um, I think you guys are both doing a smart thing there. That's, that's cool that you're doing that. And was that once a week or how does that work? Yeah, the podcast we do once a week. It's called BFF, right? BFFs, yeah. BFF. I've seen a couple episodes. It's good, yeah. Yeah. You got good clips on there as well. Um, how do you think you're going to handle emotionally all this success, the money, the opportunities, the fame, the everyone wanting a piece of you now and in the future how do you how are you personally dealing with emotional wellness emotional health yeah and not allowing it to consume you yeah i think that i think i was already consumed <laughs> i think that yeah. like the first 6 months when we came out to sway was like when i fell into the traps of la and like the success really? and the money and everything like like i said i was never like a spender but I love, like, I love creating moments and memories and, like, being around people and being, like, center of attention or just, like, having a blast all the time, right? So when we first came to L.A. and there was no COVID, right, and it's, like, we are these rising stars, the party scene was crazy, right? So it's, like, every single night, like, I was 17 when I first came out here. So for a 17-year-old high school kid, they're, like, I'm in heaven right now. Like, I get to do whatever I want, party and make money. Like, this is sweet. So I did that for like six months and then kind of just like realized after a few 
big mistakes, like, all right, I'm, I got lightning in the bottle and I'm mm. throwing it away. Mm. Like the opportunity I have is way too important to waste. And it's like, I was just like slowly, but surely like also kind of justifying decisions I used to never justify. Like, really? I, like I might, what? I think just like slacking off, like not doing as much work. If it was like deciding to drink and party or do whatever we're doing at these parties, um, instead of like pr- prioritizing the meetings I have the next day, mm. right? It's like, it didn't matter what day it was. It could be a Tuesday at like seven and someone would come down and be like, we're drinking and it would just happen, right? So on that side of things, like I'm very glad we kind of did that at the very beginning and then kind of just got out of our system and moved on. Yeah. Because now it's like we're work focused and people in COVID are always like, oh, it sucks so much. Like we don't get to party. I miss partying. And it's like, yeah, I miss partying a little bit, but I kind of got partied out. So it's like, at least now I've been able to use COVID to just focus on my work and yeah. and becoming kind of morally back to where I should be. And <laughs> I like, like the good Canadian kid. Yeah, yeah. That, that good Canadian kid that I was like raised and how I was raised. So, mm. yeah. Who are three creators that you look up to or you're inspired by? Like social maybe, media creators? Yeah, maybe they're in your space or maybe they're in marketing or fashion or music or whatever maybe they're in a different space but who are just three creators that you think man they're doing a great job i admire what they're creating yeah maybe they got 100 million followers maybe they got a hundred thousand followers right right right. But who's I doing would a good say, job i would say mr beast yeah, is crushing. one of them he's yeah. absolutely crushing it. his whole team like I, yeah. I talk to people on his team um i haven't got to talk to i'm, to I'm talking with jimmy actually soon i believe we're scheduling yeah. call but like the amount of respect I have for for them and how hard he works. Like, right. I know how hard content is to film. And this guy's a machine. Like, machine. the videos he's doing, his schedule, and, like, how well-orchestrated his team is is just phenomenal. So props to him. And then I would say there's, like, definitely a part of me that looks up to, to Dave. Like, mm-hmm. I think that what he's been able to do with Barstool and growing it into a social media conglomerate, yeah. like, yeah. this... this and like it's just it's a machine right machine. It, it can boost anything it can absolutely push views sell product so i i really respect what he's done on that front and then i gotta interview him someday i think he'd be great on here yeah and then uh, another influencer that i would say i have respect for um i would say that logan and jake like the mm. paul brothers like yeah. they're they're definitely like I always feel like I kind of have to give respect to those guys because they were they were like pioneers in a sense in yeah. this this industry, and I think that just how they looked at it and and the things that they pioneered changed the game. Yeah. Like they've done so many like bringing the boxing in, it's crazy. Just, right? It just they've opened the music doors. Music videos, yeah, everything else. The diss yeah. track, like they've opened doors for other content creators to to make a lot of money, and they that would have never thought that way, right? Like, were you watching them when you were 12, 13? 100 percent. Really? Yeah, I was watching Jake a lot when I was younger, like probably fourteen. Uh-huh. I was watching him, and then uh, Logan, like pretty soon after, probably like a right. couple months. But uh, I, I was always like. I was always just studying. Like, I almost used that studying. Like, it was, I wouldn't just watch the videos to, like, slack off and watch videos. Like, I did that as well, but I was, like, writing notes. I was like, okay, this is what they did. Like, look at their thumbnail. Look at, because I always, like, since I was young, just wanted to be an entertainer. Like, Uh I wanted to do social media. Wow. Yeah. Have they inspired you to get into, like, boxing or doing certain things like that? I tried to do a boxing match, like, four months ago, but the kid said no. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, it's fine. I'm, I like, (laughs) <laughs> it would have been fun and it would it like it was kind of like 
I don't know. I I understand why like it it wasn't done, and I think that like. Uh, fighting's fighting's intense. Like you got to really put it's a lot intense, of work, man. You can't just like sl- say you're a fighter. Like no, you got to train for hours. And if you don't, and you go and box, you just look. You get embarrassed. Like you embarrassed. look like a fool when you go out there and you can't throw a punch or you start like just like going left and like you can't even like control your body movements. So your cardio is shit. Nate Robinson, for example, like he he kind of looked like a fool. Like, he went out there against Jake, and, like, no disrespect to him on the athlete side because guy's, like, one of the best athletes of all time probably. But Jake trained and put his absolute, like, full effort into it, and then that's why. And he got that result. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy, man. What, um, what advice would you have for the, the fans of yours, the followers, the 30 million friends of yours that are going through a lot of insecurities, who are in their teens right now, are just faced with changing in their body, mm-hmm. breakups and relationships, yeah. people ghosting them, you know, just all the confusion of social yeah. media and real world relationship dynamics and comparison mode. Like you grew up in this generation mm-hmm. more than me. I got into social media when I was 25. Right. You got into it early. Yeah. What advice do you have the kids? Biggest, biggest advice. And it's something like I, took me a while to figure out, but definitely learned it in LA, like keep your circle small, mm-hmm. like find an inner circle that you like, you can, you can be friends with everyone. And I think you should show respect to everyone and be nice to everyone, even if they don't treat you great all the time, but you got to find your circle and like stick to it. Like mm-hmm. in high school, I probably had for the first like two years, I probably had like two kids that I could have called my best friends. And then the last two years I gained like another three more. And it was like, so I had like, that was it though. Like everyone else I couldn't really trust. Like kids mm-hmm. would make fun of me all the time at school, like for the social media things, yeah. I got bullied for it, whatever. So it's like, same with when I came out to LA, there were so many kids that I trusted, like, and bet people I called my best friends and they would go and do these like crazy things behind my back or like really? talk absolute shit. Yeah, wow. LA's, I mean, LA's the worst for that. Yeah. So I would say like, that's the biggest thing is just like keeping, keeping it small. Keep it small. Yeah. yeah there you go. Well, um, I want to acknowledge you, Josh, for the risk-taking you take because you came from a small town in Canada. You started taking action out there. You moved out here. You made some mistakes. You're still learning and making mistakes, but yeah. you're, you're constantly evolving and constantly innovating in your space right now, and I think it's really inspiring to see what you can create as a 16-year-old, 19-year-old, and where you're going in the future. So I acknowledge you for, for trying to learn and really optimizing yeah, these things and taking these risks and investing and learning financial literacy and... Uh, just yeah. expanding your your empire. I think it's really cool to see that someone your age can do this. And I know you're going to learn a lot, and you're going to fail, and you're going to make a lot of success as well. But yeah. the fact that you're here now and you're you're committed to growth, I think, is really inspiring to see. So I acknowledge you for for all you're doing, man. And I'm thank you. I'm excited for your growth. I want to watch uh, and see what you're up to over the next few years. So if I can help, let me know with anything. For sure. And also, um, I want to ask you a question. I ask everyone at the end called three truths. Yeah, I think you're the second youngest person I've had on here. I think I had Jake on when he was 19 as well. Maybe he was, okay. eight, maybe he was 18 or 19. So you're either the youngest person I've had on or the second youngest. So this is a question that may not resonate with you right now. Okay. <laughs> it's, called, it's called the three truths. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like you to imagine for a moment it's your last day on earth. And you're as old as you want to be. You're 100, you're 200, whatever. Maybe science allows you to be 200 years old right. by then, right? But it's the last day. Okay. And you've actually accomplished everything. Mm-hmm. All your dreams, all the businesses, you're the first billionaire social media influencer, you're whatever you want to do, you've done it all. You've got the family, kids, everything. I know it's a long way away to think. Yeah. But just imagine for a second, it's your last day. 
but for whatever reason, everything you've created, you have to take with you. So no one has access to your content right now, which is YouTube, TikTok, right, podcast, right. products. Everything has to go with you. Mm -hmm. But you get to leave behind three things you know to be true from all your experiences in life. And I know you've only got 19 years on this planet right now, but, and this is all they would have. They got a piece of paper and a pen. You get to write down your three biggest lessons you've learned as a human being, and this is all you could share with the world. What would you say are those three truths for you? Are they just like lessons or things I've done that I leave behind? Um, lessons you would leave behind. The lessons? Three, the three things you know to be true that you would want to share to the world. All right, number lessons one. Lessons to the world, yeah. With power comes responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, I got a tattoo to my arm for a reason. Quote my dad always said to me, also watch Spider-Man, obviously, but uh, it's just, I've, no, I've realized so many times where I've had such an influence or such a power and utilized it maybe in the wrong way or just made mistakes where it's been uh, utilized wrong. So just when you have that power, and it can be as, as small as like power over one friend or, or, mm -hmm. or like a sibling, right? Like make sure you realize the responsibilities with come, that come with that. Um, the next truth, uh, I think that kind of, kind of going back a little bit to what I said with the, with the tight circle thing actually, but I think that me personally, there's just been so many times in my life where I've been backstabbed or I've been like, I've put my heart out and trusted someone multiple mm. times or like they've even done things or shown me where I should have cut the ties off or been like, all right, we can't work in business anymore, whatever. There's been so many times where situations like that have happened and I just try to make it work. I'm always like, oh no, I'll give you another chance, another chance. It's like the circle that is small, like in that you can trust, like is so important because when everything's crumbling, like you need to be mm. able to go to someone and just like, Tell them like, look, I, I only can go to you with this. Like, this is, you're all I got here. So I think that's super important. And then- What would that lesson be? Like, keep a good keep, tight- Keep a tight circle, yeah. yeah. And then the the last one is, I, I, I'm i trying to think the best way to say this, but I think that there's a false notion where people say like, save your money. Mm -hmm. I think- the biggest lesson is spend your money, but spend it wisely. And that's like utilizing your, your invest. Like there's so many times where you could put like $10 away into a, an account that's giving you like 6% back, right? Or, or whatever it is, acorns, et cetera. Like you just don't go buy the Starbucks coffee. Instead you go somewhere else where the coffee is gonna be $1, right? Like, and then every day you're saving $3 and putting it in. Little things like that. Like, Learn to spend your money, but spend it wisely. Mm. Those would be my three lessons. That's good stuff, man. Uh, I've got one final question for you. Before I ask it, what is a question you wish more people would ask you? What is a question I wish more people would ask? Um, I think, actually what we got to, something we got to talk about today, which I usually don't, is the analytical, or I mm. guess like, how focused I am on the numbers of things. Like when I talked about my story of like growth hacking my social media, I think a lot of people think I just came out of social media like this. Yeah. And like I'll, I've been on interviews or podcasts where they're like, Josh, so you blew up overnight. Like how does that feel? And I'm like, well, you obviously didn't even do research on me. Like you don't know my story. Then like that's not even what happened, right? So like people almost like have put words in my mouth before. Mm. They think that like I just blew off, blew up 
off like a pretty face and I mean like sure probably didn't help that like whatever <laughs> like girls think I'm cute but it's like there there was three and a half four years of me like doing tedious work like following and unfollowing accounts yeah. and commenting on videos and like I was so strategic about my blow up and studying the for you page knowing what worked like trying out different video styles like it was it was a grind for me it wasn't this easy I got views for being good looking Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Yeah, you studied, you worked yeah, hard. Yeah, I also was like a weird-looking kid. I, I Like, puberty helped me out. <laughs> I was a weird-looking like guy. Like, 14 was weird. Oh, my like God. It's like I had an yeah. awkward face from, I think, like, 14 until three months ago. <laughs> like, I just until a now. little bit got yeah. out of it. Yeah, <laughs> until now. Yeah, so. You're still the weird face. Yeah, still low-key am. Yeah. And what's the thing you're most proud of that maybe people don't see or they don't know about? It's something smaller, maybe or maybe not as well known about yeah. your bio and about your, your content? Um, I think that one thing I'm really proud of is probably, I would say, I would say like this, I think people don't realize the work that the boys, but also like myself put behind Sway. Like mm-hmm. I think people think Sway was more of this like management came in and picked us all out, but the actual work like all the boys put in and the in the brotherhood that was made like i just want people to i think people don't realize like how true that was people think like it's like a boy band right mm-hmm. people think oh you went we went out and we selected like five six random people like we were best friends going into that and it's like that accomplishment of all of us truly just caring about each other and then being able to create an entire like movement with sway mm. and be able to change kind of even how like people view social media creators because before you couldn't do the things we did as a social media creator you got canceled for it like there there were stigmas uh, for tiktokers there were sti- right like really? we broke those so i think like that's one thing that i'm just so proud of because we i was able to do with my friends mm. like and that was always a dream of mine is being successful with people i care about that's cool man yeah it's good stuff well we can follow you where's the main place you're posting content now where should we support where should we follow uh i would say my instagram or youtube they're both just josh richards yeah it's like my name are you not tiktok as much anymore i definitely am but i think that just like i'm trying to expand my portfolio and content so trying to push them to other platforms i think everyone like knows about my like people like know i do tiktok i want them to know i do like youtube and i want them to right so i and and the content I tend to post on like my Instagram, I'm able to be more like sports involved or I'm able to be more like there's trends on TikToks. There's like, there's audio. So like I'll try to put my spin (laughs) on it or whatever, but it's like, 
you're a little bit restricted on TikTok unless you want to spend a ton of time on it. And it's like, I want to use that time for YouTube and TikTok yeah, or yeah, Instagram. Of course. Yeah, good, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, final question for you. What's your definition of greatness? Definition of greatness? Um, I would say someone that's putting in 110%, like it, I would call myself the greatest or, or I, I've achieved greatness if I know I've left everything out on that field. Mm. And like, I always go back to kind of like that sports analogy thing, but it was just like, that's how I was trying. My dad was my coach my whole life, right? Like, or at least a majority of it. And like the other coaches I had, it was always the same thing. We were always getting run like back and forth, back and forth. Like my teams are always huge on that. And it's just like, you are leaving everything you got out on this field. Like my dad would be mad at me if I could go and walk to the car without kind of like struggling after a game. Like he was like, why, why do you <laughs> have energy? Drag you off yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like, right. Like I should have to drag you off the ice after every hockey game because mm. you should be giving 110%. Like you should be leaving it all out there. Right. So that's what I define as greatness is leaving everything you have on the field. My man, Josh, thanks for being here, man. Thank Appreciate you for having you, me, man. man. Thank times. you. Thank you. Good times. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to share it with a friend, text a few friends, post it on social media, copy and paste the link wherever you're listening to this, or just use the link lewishouse.com slash 1086 and share it out online. If you enjoyed it, make sure to click the subscribe button over on Apple Podcast right now, as well as leave us a rating and review, as that really helps us spread the message of greatness to more people in that ecosystem. So if you enjoyed this and you got value, then make sure to subscribe, leave a review and share this with a friend. And if you want inspirational messages sent to your phone every single week from me, then text the word podcast right now to 614-350-3960 to get on my secret texting list. And I want to leave you with a quote from The Rock who said, success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work leads to success. Greatness will come. I hope you enjoyed this. And if no one's told you lately, you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. I'm so grateful for you and you know what time it is it's time to go out there and do something great is this house a good price compared to others in the area are prices going up or down if i don't make an offer right this very moment will i miss my chance these are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask and these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a realtor can help answer because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.